1: Welcome to episode 137 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we have the giggles this morning in the studio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd, and I'm watching Dan struggle desperately. Yeah, I with got this.
2: I'm the other guy, Dan. <laughs> we got a great show today. The theme is, so what is Thanksgiving
1: Day anyway? Well, I'm about to tell folks if you're done uh, getting off the struggle bus over there with the... Uh, the struggle bus? What the
2: heck is a struggle bus?
1: Well, you were just on it, so... I've been on
2: I've been on the short bus. I've been on the long bus. I've been on and the no. bus to nowhere. I've been on a Greyhound bus. No. I have never been on a struggle bus that I know of. Who's driving the bus?
1: <laughs> the crazy man. The crazy man is driving the bus. Okay, we are going to focus up. We are going to get serious. And we are going to talk about... So, what is Thanksgiving Day, anyway? I looked up Thanksgiving on the Oracle of Wikipedia, and I learned a few things that I thought would be fun to share. So, Thanksgiving is a national holiday in the United States, celebrated on the fourth Thursday in November. It originated as a harvest festival and has been celebrated nationally on and off, since 1789 when it was a proclamation made by George Washington after a request was made for such a day by Congress so we we pause there for a moment to ponder that idea Congress came together to request That our president declare a day to offer up prayers of gratitude for the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that our nation offers to every citizen. But because it was Congress, you know there had to be some drama mixed in. So I continue. Elias Boudinot, who was a lawyer and statesman from New Jersey, headed a joint committee to request that Washington would recommend to the people a day of public prayer and thanksgiving. Uh Uh-oh. Did he just put the words public and prayer together in a sentence? Well, you can guess how that went over. After all, people can feel grateful and appreciative for all that is good in the world without necessarily Directing those emotions toward a creator or higher power, right? Or can they? Well, there is something to ponder and maybe talk about around the holiday table. We, Danny and I, are Christians and naturally and reflexively, we see good things as blessings and therefore direct our gratitude to God. But not everyone shares those beliefs. So moving on. This resolution was opposed by the anti-federalists, people like Thomas Jefferson, Patrick Henry, Samuel Adams, and James Monroe, who opposed increased power of central government. They weren't opposed to God and praying. They were just like conservatives of today who believe that big government is bad for us. These men believed that the Federal government did not have the power to propose such a day, and if there was to be such a proclamation, it must be done by the authority of the states. There was also concern about the separation of church and state, and some were of the opinion that proclaiming a day of thanksgiving was a religious matter. Others among them were of the opinion that the holiday was too European. To like the tyrannical oppressors who we had just fought a bloody war to separate from, and that the Europeans made a mere mockery of gestures of thanksgiving. So there's another dinner table topic to ponder. If one is offering thanks, whether to God or not, in what ways could it be more charade than sincerity? Back to Wiki. Being an anti-federalist himself, Thomas Jefferson chose to not observe the holiday and its celebration was intermittent until the presidency of Abraham Lincoln when Thanksgiving became a federal holiday in 1863 during the American Civil War. Lincoln, in the middle of some of the worst And most uncertain days of his life proclaimed a national day of, in his words, thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. That is an incredible display of gratitude for all that is good when he easily could have dwelled on the bad. So, there you have it. And the rest, they say, is history that we now live out in our lifetimes. I think too often we are oblivious to the very real fact that you and I are writing the history of today in big things and small. And what we write in the stones of today are what our children and our children's children will use as their points of reference for their children and their children's children. It is an incredible responsibility and one that we need to be more aware of and more thankful for. Thankful because we are integral parts of passing the baton of freedom along in the great relay race from generations past to generations of the future. What an awesome role we get to play let's play it well let's spend more time learning and more time teaching once we better understand why our founding fathers were thankful enough to want to instill that gratitude into the public via a national holiday we might better want to pass their values and beliefs along they weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we can learn much from them and their experiences. We indeed have so much to be grateful for, and we can certainly be grateful and thankful for the Anti-Federalists, at least in the fact that they gave us the Bill of Rights, which is our firewall of protection. Limiting the impact federal government can have over the individual lives of the citizenry. And within the Bill of Rights are certain amendments. The first has to do with our freedom of religion and speech. The second one, well, that is the one that legally protects our God-given rights to self-defense, including the right to keep and bear arms, of which I am very thankful each and every day, including this holiday, and it is my hope and prayer that you and yours will spend some time talking about our history and the ideas we have pondered here today and that with all the turmoil and the madness of our modern day world, that you and yours will have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving Day anyway. Dan?
2: Cheryl, unlike Congress, would you pass the gravy?
1: <laughs> nice. That was that was well done.
2: Hey, we got a big lineup today, so I want to get started on that right away. All right. Our first hour, we have, let me get to this. All right, We have uh, Kenda Lansane. She's mm-hmm. a five-time world champion cowboy mounted shooter. She has 16 world records. And is the only women in the history of the sports to have won the high overall in the World Championship. This means she beat all the boys.
1: She did indeed.
2: Kendo works with many companies in both the equi- equestrian?
1: equestrian
2: yep and firearms industry in endorsements and product development. And has signature lines of holsters, guns, saddles, and gear. Mm-hmm. How did horses become... Es- I don't- I don't know. Okay. All right. We have Lauren Harnett is a woman empowered empowerment advocate and supporter of the Second Amendment. Lauren is the New York State representative for the DC Project, a nonpartisan group of women working closely with their elected officials in Washington, D.C. to give a voice to women supporting the Second Amendment. And she was featured on the cover of Time Magazine's recent Guns in America issue. Mm -hmm. We have Linda Rowe. It's a spokesman for the Illinois Carrie.com, an all-volunteer grassroots action and discussion forum dedicated to advancing the rights to carry in Illinois. She has, assist- she has assisted in forming SAF lawsuits in Illinois, and is the 2011 CCRKBA Grassroots Activist of the Year. She is here to talk about things, how things look in Illinois after the 2018 midterm election. Hmm. Looks scary to me, but uh, we'll see. We have Trenton Ty. He's a professional blacksmith with over 20 years experience and the owner of Purgatory Ironworks. His specialty include casting, gunsmithing, knife making, and ancient arms and armor. Trenton also is a celebrity judge for the competition series Master of Arms on the Discovery Channel. Then we have Tiffany Johnson. She is a lawyer and a freelance legal writer. She teaches legal studies in her local university, and she blogs and offers instructional design and web design services for firearms training throughout her website, FrontSitePress.com.
1: We will also have our responsibly armed citizen report and Dan's commentary. Oh, not so calm. <laughs> Right after this. Stick around. Thank you.
3: Hi, folks, I'm Don Kai here. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. I'm Rob Morse from the Self Defense Gun Stories Podcast. For each hand we
4: hold,
1: gathered
4: round this table.
1: Welcome back to the Thanksgiving edition of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are, you know, we don't spend very much time, Dan, talking about our auction house. You know, we talk about our gun shop all the time. Um, We have ads that that appear in the show for our, our auction house, but, you know, it's, I mean, it is a busy place. We are packed to the gills constantly. Um, I like to say our, our auction house is kind of like a Rubik's cube because <laughs> we don't have enough space for all of the wonderful consignments that come in. It is a good problem to have, but you know, we're always like moving this so that we can bring that in and shifting that sideways so we can bring in the next thing. And we have a couple of really cool. I mean, all of our auctions are cool, but um, one particular one coming up happens only once a year. It's kind of like Christmas.
2: Yes, it's right after the big SAR show, which is this uh, coming up uh, November 30th and then the 1st and 2nd of December. Right after that show, then we have our military auction. This is our 12th year that we're having that. And we have uh, this year a very special Addition we've got 15 machine guns. These are all transferable with the right paperwork Anybody can buy these it's a legal US citizen goes through the background check and they can own a machine gun We have um, this is just a starting list. We have a German mp-40 mp-5 hk three stin guns a m37 belt-fed machine gun Mac 10 m16 a uzi and 45 caliber and a smith and wesson did you know
1: smith and wesson made a machine gun indeed i did not they until a, just now
2: well they did they made in a night it's called a 76 a smith and wesson 76 nine millimeter so we have that we have speaking of um you know can you hear me now kind of thing <laughs> we have suppressors we have about uh, 20 different suppressors we have old colt single action armies uh some that are engraved Hunting rifles, medals. We've got about 12 old German and Prussian military helmets that are really cool. The ones with the spike top, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Medals, uh, some really cool German medals. Uh, Daggers from World War II, Germany. Japanese samurai swords that are original pieces from some go back before World War II. Just a really cool assortment. But you know, our auction, this is December 3rd. The auction starts at 6 o'clock. Uh, preview is at 10 that morning. But, you know, you can look online right now. Everything is on that, in that auction is online.
1: So the date, and it's, it's an unusual day for us, this, right. this military, this once a year annual firearm and military auction. It's on a Monday. Right, and the reason right.
2: that is because we have the SAR show. Mm-hmm. I take, we have 15 tables at the SAR show. We present all, the, most all of the guns that are going to be in the auction. That's a gun show. At the gun show, At yep. the Arizona State Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds, yep. Mm-hmm. And so we present them there, and people can actually bid on them there, mm-hmm. and they can also view them and touch them and, you know, make decisions there. Mm-hmm. And then... W- what better deal than to have it fresh on their mind, have it the day after the SARS show. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is something, like I said, it's our 12th year. Then um, the next day, we have our regular auction mm-hmm. because we have those on the first and third Tuesday of the month. Okay. Starts at 6 o'clock. Again, you can see the stuff online. The catalog still being built, I think, on that auction. But we're constantly building auctions. We have online auctions. We do coin-only auctions. We have exciting. It's fun. We just had four cars in the in our october 27th auction Mm -hmm. so you just don't know what you're going to find an old tractor we had and just cool stuff it's a lot of fun and it changes every time
1: so you keep saying you could find us online but how do people do that what what's the address online
2: they have to have a computer first
1: or (laughs) a smartphone okay
2: i don't think you can do it on a flip phone probably not but there's only two people that have flip phones anymore anyway (laughs) uh but you can go online at potofgoldestate.com dot com, mm-hmm. or I think you can also go to azfirearms.com com, and it'll send you over there. Yeah, but, uh, you can, and you know what's really cool? You can go back to day one and see everything we've ever sold and mm-hmm. how much it sold for.
1: Yeah, that's a great resource for you know if you're trying to find out what is my thing worth anything. You know, right.
2: is my thing worth anything? <laughs>
1: that's cool. I like that. And you can kind of go and see in in the real world what did this and that actually sell for because you know a lot of times we get caught up in those tv shows the what is that one called the trunk the uh, antique road show and you know people have gotten this idea that if it's got a layer of dust on it that um, it's worth a gazillion dollars and if it's rare then it's worth a gazillion dollars and actually this is a tricky thing. If it's rare, that might mean that there's not enough of them that it ever garnered anybody's interest, right? Right. So there's, you know, there's that fine line between, you know, something that there's, you know, one or two of.
2: And things change so but much too. Nobody
1: cares, and then there's one or two of that that everybody wishes they had chance to own.
2: Right, and things change. I mean, th- you look at things that we sold ten years ago, and some of the stuff sells for more money, and mm-hmm. other things sell for less money. Because the interest, what people collect. It's cyclical. It
1: really is. Like it's super hot and everybody wants it and the prices are crazy. And, you know, you look three to five years later and you can hardly give that exact same item away. Um, But you also mentioned that people could come physically to the auction.
2: Yes. It starts at 6 o'clock at 215 East Western. and East Western
1: in Sheboygan.
2: (laughs) <laughs> well, there might be one there, but this one's in Avondale, Arizona, AZ. Uh-huh. Okay. Absolutely. And the uh, you can preview from, uh, you know, 10 o'clock until the auction starts at 6. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And what's really cool, the auction starts at 6 o'clock. We'd usually do 425 lots. 9.30, you're on your way home.
1: Yeah, 9.30 it's not p.m. That be- it's not too And bad.
2: we have good food there, and we always have a cake for everyone. So. We
1: do. If we have to make up a birthday, we have birthday cake, um... Part of it is we love cake. Part of it is, you know, we got to sugar up our bitters and (laughs) keep them awake. Um, But the other part is that it's a gathering. It's a social event and it's really fun. And people have met and made lifelong friends uh, in the walls of our our building. And it's just very special. We have
2: people that come from Casa Grande, uh, occasionally from Tucson. Mm-hmm. Apache Junction, almost every time, mm-hmm. Mesa, mm-hmm. all these other areas. So it is a fun event, and everybody can talk to everybody. Everybody has fun talking.
1: It's it's really great. You know, we we do make lifelong friends that feel like family. And um, I I wasn't even going to say this, but we we just lost one of our one yes. of our family friends. Um, yeah,
2: been there since. Well, I've known him for over forty years. But, you know, the, the first auction that we opened mm-hmm. uh, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. he was there at the first auction.
1: Great guy, yeah. Bo Kovetko, yeah. and, he, and he was
2: there until he couldn't come anymore.
1: He and his wife, Brenda, owned Bo's Funky Stuff and a couple other uh, antique uh, stores and, and um, just great people. And I know we joined Brenda in just missing him already. He yeah. made the world a better place. Uh, just passed on this week. So I also want to talk before we uh, run out of time in this segment about uh, a blog that I wrote. Uh, I think it was last year, maybe the year before. I wrote it for the Women's Outdoor News. I write a monthly column there called The Flame, you know, passing the the flame of knowledge from one to the next. Don't make a face. It's a good name, The Flame. <laughs> He's still making a face. Um, so this article is called How to Guest Proof Your Home for the Holidays. Now, why would we need to guest proof our homes, Dan?
2: Well, we have young kids coming, but, you know, Sean and I were talking about this on the way down here. And I, you know, I think, you know, we have guns in every part of our house. And I'm thinking we could take the closet that we don't have guns. And put the kids in there. Make it a lot easier. (laughs) We don't have to deal with it then. But no, you know, you got to think about that. You have a lot of people come to your houses and they may not know about guns. The young ones may not know. So put the guns up high. uh, Preferably unload them and lock them away. Mm -hmm. But let's get them out of the reach. Let's have a really good, safe, thankful Thanksgiving.
1: Absolutely. Part of being a good ambassador for the Second Amendment, a good ambassador for the shooting sports is making sure that you are a responsibly armed citizen and securing your firearms at all times so that unauthorized users cannot get to them. And so, you know, if you live alone, then you might have a shotgun leaning in the corner of a closet by the front door or off in the garage somewhere. You might have an extra gun and magazines in a drawer of a guest room that, or your den. And you're just used to having them there. And you know they're not going to get up and do anything wrong because you're the only one that lives there. Well, now you have guests come in your home. Maybe they're there just for a few hours for the Thanksgiving meal or, you know, for Christmas morning. Or maybe they're staying over a few days. So guests of all ages, but especially curious children right you want to be sure that you are protecting them by securing your firearms locking them up in the safe unloading them doing whatever it is you need to do so that someone can't accidentally mishandle the tools of sport and tools of defense in your home um, and cause them to be a danger yeah and
2: please remember that uh, it's not just curious children but it's teenagers Mm -hmm. and adults Mm -hmm. you get an adult that doesn't really know how guns work and they happen to stumble on one and it could be a problem so just put them away
1: absolutely so as you're going through your house you're going to be cleaning for company right you're going to be setting out little decorations for fall so as you're doing that you're going to be seeing your your home All the nooks and crannies and corners, cleaning the baseboards, whatever it is you do, you're going to be seeing it um, with new eyes. You're going to be opening windows that have maybe been closed up for the summer months, casting light in rooms that, you know, maybe you're going to see them in a different way. Use that to be sure that you're intelligently guest proofing your home for the holidays. All right, well, stick around. On the other side of these messages, we have Kenda Lansane, a five-time world champion cowboy-mounted shooter who has 16 world records and the only woman in history of this sport to have ever won the high overall at the world championship. Awesome, awesome lady. Stick around. And it's our
3: most Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Turkey lurkey do and turkey lurkey dap I eat that turkey then I take a nap Thanksgiving
6: is a special night
1: oh my goodness yes i was looking up thanksgiving songs to to start the show with you know to have throughout the show and i was like i don't know how i'm gonna fit that one in but it had to happen so we we love that one well welcome back you are listening to gun for freedom radio we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, if you've missed any portion of today's show, please go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the On Demand tab, and binge listen to your heart's content. All 100 and 36 other episodes we have posted there. And when you wanna put a face with a voice, click the guest tab. We have photos and bios and links to all the guests that we've ever had on the show. It's a tremendous resource and uh, we don't hate it when you spend time there. All right, we have an amazing guest waiting on the line right now. The one and only Kenda Lonsane. She is a five-time world champion cowboy mounted shooter. She has 16 world records and is the only woman in the history of the sport to have won the high overall at the world championship. This means she beat all of the boys. Kenda works with many companies in both the equestrian and firearms industry in endorsements and product development and has her own signature lines of holsters, guns, saddles, and gear. Welcome to the show, Kenda.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. This is so exciting. You know, I've had multiple people tell me, you have got to have Kenda on the show. And each time I say, oh my gosh, I do, right? And then time goes by, and then we meet each other. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got to have this lady on the show. And then time goes by. And finally, finally, we were over at Ashley Lebinski's house watching the premiere of the new show she's on, uh, that Masters of Arms. And we were, had a chance to really spend a few minutes chatting. And I, was, I put it on my calendar that night that I was going to have you on. And here you are here i am so excited so i mentioned in the lead-in you know mounted shooting mounted cowboy shooting world champ what is this mounted shooting and how did you get involved
4: mounted shooting is a timed event on horseback where we shoot two single action revolvers uh, at balloon targets in an arena environment so it's pretty fast-paced and really exciting to watch the balloons are reactionary target so it's, it's fun for spectators because they can see what's going on as the rider is flying through the course. Um, so it's pretty exciting and it's, uh, it's also very challenging because we are riding around 30 to 35 miles an hour on a speeding horse trying <laughs> to pick uh, off all these targets in the meantime.
1: Wow. I mean, talk about multiple plates spinning, got to have multiple different disciplines and multiple different skills, uh, and then hope that your horse has it all together that day too.
4: Right, because we are, you know, there are two brains, ours and our horse, and they can feel the same amount of adrenaline that we do, and sometimes they have moments of shorting out just like we do when it comes
1: to competition, when
4: the the adrenaline overrides sensibility
1: That is just really incredible, and it is just beautiful. I've seen some of the photos of you in action, and it is just gorgeous. the The intensity of the horse and the intensity in your face, and I mean, it's just really a a gorgeous thing to watch. And uh, I mean, an athletic ballet of sorts,
4: right? Until you see the game face, not never attractive to anybody in any sport.
1: (laughs) The what is it?
4: The game face you know when when people are really concentrating on something. (laughs) Terrible. Those are the photos I don't
1: post. They're like oh yeah let's not post that one. That is so funny. So how did you get involved in this? Did you grow up shooting? Did you grow up on horses? Both? Neither?
4: Yeah I, I grew up riding competitively my whole life. My mom really into horses and uh, so she instilled those skills in her three daughters and we would all you know ride in different shows growing up and then I discovered mounted shooting um, actually 20 years ago this is my 20th year in the sport um, and I was introduced to it at a little demonstration that the club was doing in Southern California and I was basically peer pressured into trying it in front of
1: a crowd of oh, 2,000 people. Oh, my goodness.
4: Yeah, and I hadn't didn't really have any gun handling experience at the time, but I had a lot of riding experience, so that was kind of my my confidence builder, was just that I knew I could at least stay on the horse, whether I could actually manage the gun properly. That was a whole different story, but I tried it and fell in love with it immediately, and decided that that's what I wanted to do as my my number one sport and hobby. And over the course of time, uh, that hobby turned into a professional career for me um, just based on, you know, that hard work and dedication, that old old song. And um, now the Mm -hmm. sport has evolved incredibly over the last 20 years. And again, it's become my career and this is what I do full time.
1: Well, it's really an awesome thing to observe and watch, and it's inspiring, really. Um, and you said you've been doing this for 20 years, so clearly straight out of the womb. I've seen pictures of you. We've met in person. You must have started. You you are a, a young and beautiful woman. I, I cannot believe you've been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> well, I
4: have to thank my mom for some good genes because I'm... I'm not that young but I'm still young enough to uh, be able to hold my own in the arena against a lot of the newcomers that are entering the sport
1: clearly in the uh, ev- as evidenced by the five <laughs> world championships that is so impressive so we're we're getting an idea. We're getting we're painting a, a visual picture here for people to, to think about. So you are kind of in a rodeo arena, right? So there are spectators Correct. on uh, all sides of you and you're riding this speeding horse and you're firing off guns. Well now wait a minute. Now how, how do we do that safely? Is how, how what is there something special about the ammunition? How how are you able to yeah. fire guns in a circular arena? I know that
4: is always the number one question that people ask because a lot of times I'll post a video where, you know, there's limited spectators in in the arena and, you know, there's always the running joke, well, did you shoot them all? That's why there's nobody watching. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the, the ammunition we use is a specially prepared blank round and it's a 45 caliber round filled with black powder and then it's crimped at the end so there's no projectile it's the burning powder that breaks the target and it's certified in our sport to travel no more than 20 feet before it burns out completely and then we also have rules and course rules to where the course there's the targets cannot be set um, any closer than 30 feet 35 feet off of each arena fence line so there's still a 15 foot cushion in there just in case there's one burning ember that goes awry, we still have um, a little bit of cushion there to keep people safe. And and you know, although it, I mean, it's still a real single action 45, but it is loaded with that specially prepared ammunition. And our association is really very strict about providing. We have to use mat provided ammunition. We're not allowed to bring our own, just to keep everybody honest and safe. Mm -hmm. Um, and that way nobody is trying to say maybe get ahead by loading something too hot and then Mm -hmm. you know putting people in danger in the crowd Mm -hmm. so it's definitely um you know it's it's a matter of being accurate and getting the timing correct in the shot and then knowing your ammunition and knowing how soon your powder is going to burn out and you know there's other factors that go into that which is humidity and thermometric pressure and of course wind which is common in most other firearm sports, uh, we're just not getting a projectile. So we're having
1: to time our, our powder range in a different way. Wow. I mean, so much to think about. And then you've got your partner again, the horse mm-hmm. and hoping yeah. their, are uh, you know, their shoes are on good and they're, you yeah. know, they're feeling well that day. And I mean, there's so many. woke up on
4: the right side of the bed. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: it's true right and so thinking about the horses and the special training that goes in I mean I guess there's a lot of of repetition and muscle memory involved for probably both partners in this sport right
4: absolutely yeah it takes years to really get that partnership together and I always tell new people that come into the sport that you can go buy the most expensive horse out there. You know, you can spend a million dollars on one, but you still have to have a relationship with them and you still have to do your part. So, you know, I've, I've won, a, I won a world on a horse. Uh, one of my world wins is on a horse I bought for $2,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you've got folks spending $50,000 on a horse and, you still have to put that time in to build that relationship with one another, because after all, it is your number one teammate, and you, in my opinion, I'm only as good as the horse I'm riding. I can be the best shooter in the world, but if I'm riding a donkey, I might not be able to keep up.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so thinking about the horse, do, is there special equipment that the horse um Itself needs, uh, you know, there's guns firing right up near their head. Do they wear hearing protection as well as you? How does that work? Yeah, they do. All my horses wear earplugs
4: that are specially formulated for horses, and basically they look like the, you know, the little orange foamies that you can, that most shooters can wear off the shelf. Yeah, they look like that. They're black, of course, but they look like that, but just in extra large size to fit in the horse's ears. So they're kind of cone shaped mm-hmm. on a string, and I they're memory foam. So I, you know, squish them down, insert them in the horse's ears, and then they expand to the ear cavity. And that way, um, they have the same amount of hearing protection that I do.
1: Hmm. I bet the first time you try that, it's an interesting. Process. Horse is probably going. What is happening to me right now?
4: (laughs) You're right. It takes about well, 500 tries before they stop shaking them out. But (laughs) after a while, they get used to them and then they begin to like them because you know it's it it's good for them and they actually end up appreciating it over time. But like anything, you know, it's a learning experience. Just like starting a horse on gunfire, we start small. I start my horses with a 22,
0: mm-hmm. and then
4: I work up to a half-load 45, and then a full-load 45, but it's about, you know, leading the animal and not trying to force them into the sport before they're ready. They have to really accept it, and,
5: you know, I always
4: like to say that I would rather have a partner that wants to be there instead of has to be there. So, Absolutely. So, you know, if I'm forcing my horse to do this sport and they genuinely hate it, then yeah. You know, maybe I need to find another job for them because, you know, when I get out to the competition and I'm, you know, I've got hundredths of a second on the line to take that big overall world championship win, I want a partner that wants it just as bad as I do. And again, if I have a horse that I'm just forcing them to do this job, mm-hmm. it's just the the reward isn't there and the outcome isn't usually the same.
1: Exactly. Well, we have just about one minute left. Um, I definitely want you to tell folks how they can follow the work that you do, and also if you can just quickly tell people out there nationwide, you know, if if you've got if there's somebody listening off in uh, I don't know Kansas or somewhere, uh, how would they get involved or get their children involved in a sport like this?
4: Um, if they wanted to log on to CMSA events. It's the website of the Cowboy Mounted Shooting Association. There is a calendar a, a map on there that lists all the different clubs and resources and trainers within the United States and even in Europe as far as how to get involved and get plugged into your local area. So that would be my first place to look and if, if you have if there's anybody out there that has any further questions, my website is com, and i'm also on facebook and twitter and instagram and all the good social media outlets i'd be more than happy to help people get um involved in the sport and and i just love it so much and love to share it with everybody else
1: well thank you so much i love that you've spent some time here with us today and this is our thanksgiving show we are thankful for you and all that you've taught us today um, is there something special that, that you do, a special tradition that you do for the holiday?
4: Oh, we're, because my family is all in Washington right now, we're going to uh, reserve our family time for Christmas and instead have uh, a lot of friends over this weekend for, um, we're going to go out and shoot and ride in the morning and then, you know, stuff ourselves full of all good, all the good things that Thanksgiving has to offer in the afternoon.
1: Well, that sounds like a big old slice of perfection to me. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to send you out there so you can start cooking all that wonderful food. And we'll definitely have to have you back on again in the future. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Kenda Lonsane. That was awesome. Well, stick around. We still have Lauren Hartnett coming up on the other side of these messages.
3: We be It's oh, oh, oh it's we, we, we were gonna have a good time.
6: Oh,
5: oh, oh,
1: it's we, Welcome back to Gun for Freedom Radio Where we engage, we educate And we inform We are brought to you by azfirearms.com Your nationwide hometown gun shop well this is our thanksgiving show and we are very thankful for all of our guests including this next lady coming on personal friend of mine miss lauren hartnett She is a women's empowerment advocate and a supporter of the Second Amendment. Lauren is the New York State representative for the D.C. Project, which is a nonpartisan group of women working closely with their elected officials in Washington, D.C. to give a voice to women supporting the Second Amendment. And she was recently featured on the cover of Time Magazine's Guns in America issue. Welcome back to the show, Miss Lauren. Hi, thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Can't have you on often enough because not only are you a passionate uh, proponent of our constitutional rights, but you are living in New York where you don't get to really enjoy them very much.
6: Yeah, it's it's New York, and, you know, everybody, still people are shocked when they hear that I'm such an advocate for the Second Amendment and then I'm from New York. Um, I was just down in Tennessee, and I was talking to a lot of people. I was down there for work, and shooting always comes up, and they're like, what are you doing? I mean, some guy offered me a job in Louisville, Kentucky to be a medic, and, you know, people couldn't get me out of New York fast enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no doubt about it. And so, yeah, by the way... Uh, with all this other stuff that I said you are and that you do, your day job is that you save lives. It is. um,
6: I do. And you know that it's funny because a lot of the perspective that I can give is from both sides. I can give that perspective of what it means to want to defend myself and want to protect and preserve the Second Amendment. But I also understand what 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 happens on the other end of it because i am i'm treating these people and i'm treating victims of of violence and of crime and to me it solidifies it more it it solidifies that fact more of why i want to be able to protect myself because i know what's out there Mm -hmm. and what's out there and this is in new york city again where guns are, are pretty much banned on the streets not pretty much they are banned on the streets and yet we
1: still have People getting you know shot and and killed on the streets so the laws so don't magically <laughs> yeah the laws don't magically make uh, the bad guys follow them so go figure who knew that that was the case
4: right,
6: yeah so. um,
1: you know and it's it, like I said being on the cover
6: of time and listening to all these other stories and I I, I can understand I can I can truthfully put myself in everybody's shoes and try to look at it from their perspective but when i try to go through that thought process i always end up at the same end Mm -hmm. and i always end up with the same result of Mm -hmm. i want to be able to protect myself and i want to be able to have my firearms
1: absolutely so this time magazine cover what an incredible uh the project is incredible the opportunity to be able to speak from our side of this debate is incredible and the fact that you were involved uh, and you are so well spoken on it and can see things from both sides and you're an emt you're a lifesaver that's an incredible um voice to have had as a part of this cover how did you get involved so
6: diana muller had posted in the dc project group page that and a producer from time magazine had reached out to her and that they were thinking they were doing this project and she had asked if she was interested or if she knew anybody else that was interested in it. And a lot of the big wigs in the gun industry had turned around and said, no, because they were, we're not, we're not generally portrayed the way that we really are in mainstream media, especially through a lot of these major publications. So a lot of the big, the big names in the gun industry turned around and said no and Diana turned around and and said if we don't do this they're gonna find somebody else Mm
5: -hmm. and the
6: person that they may find may not be as well spoken as we are they may not be able to get the point across that we can Mm -hmm. I know how how my girls are and uh, Holly and I I was on the fence about being able to go because I was supposed to work that I was supposed to work the night that we were gonna do the interview and I managed to get a switch last minute. Holly, had, uh, Holly, who's the rep from Connecticut, she got off from work last minute. She goes, "I'm driving. I'll come through New York. I'll come pick you up. We'll go down to DC." And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so we get down there, and it was such a phenomenal experience. The photographer, Jr., was great. He was he he re, he had this vision in his head, and he really brought it to life. And when I was worried about how. I might be edited or how my interview might have come across, when I listened to it, nothing was edited out. There was mm-hmm. nothing even, my ums and my stutters and, and my my thoughts, nothing. Everything was still there. And I appreciated that so much because that's the first time that we were able to have that unedited voice mm. where we were able to really we were able to have a voice, especially on mainstream media, especially on something as big as Time Magazine. That's not just a big publication here, that's a publication worldwide.
1: Mm. Wow. You know, that you said so much right there, um, and, and Holly Sullivan is the Holly that you were referring to, um, awesome lady as well, fighting for our rights in Connecticut, I think, if I'm saying that right? Yes, Connecticut. And um, so we were, everybody, involved. I mean, I couldn't make it for the photo shoot, unfortunately, but part of me felt like, oh, thank goodness I'm busy. <laughs> oh, thank goodness I can't get there because it makes the decision for me because uh, you know, you mentioned that some of the the bigger names in the industry were invited and said, "Yeah, no thanks because the trust is not there that they're going to be portrayed fairly." And right we sometimes are our own worst enemies. And so when somebody does maybe make an oopsie or misstate something or, or allow themselves to be um, misrepresented, then the first people that are going to come out and, and wag their finger and shame you are our side, our own community, because we're so, um, you know, the other side is constantly misrepresenting us. And then if we accidentally do something to misrepresent us, it just is 10 times worse. So, I mean, I can see that the nervousness and fear was very well warranted. But then, in the end result, to be able to be just just your words, and then if you if you did trip on a word, then that's you know that's just you. But but you were very proud of the end result. Yeah,
6: uh, and we all were. I mean, we went to the launch in New York when they put up the projection, and then Diana had actually come down, and we we hung out and we helped put the meal all up in New York and it, it, it was so well received and it was the conversation started and it was, it was really nice to see that it was really good to see that we weren't judged. And even when we spoke to the editor in time magazine and, Voice to him our concerns he he almost couldn't believe it I'm like, well, well, it's your magazine though <laughs> you know it's these other publications that have done this, and' mm-hmm. it's, you know your colleagues that have made us seem to be this
5: the mm-hmm. way this way
6: mm-hmm. and we it we really i think I think that we definitely set a standard, and we opened up that conversation, we opened up that voice, and what's even better is if you go to time.com and you go to Guns in America you can you can request to have the projection sent to your hometown so they can email you a file of the projection you can have the projection in your community and you can start the conversation there free of charge so they want this to to go nationwide they want this to go worldwide they want this conversation to happen so by going to Time magazine and requesting for the the moving mural because it's really cool it's it's very it's interactive and we're all moving and we all have different poses and stuff so you can have that and you could project it in your community area or you know a church or whichever wherever your community gathers and you can open up that discussion there and you could hear all of our testimonies and you could start your own which I think is very important because you know when we go down to DC that's what we're all that's that's what we aim for We aim for a conversation we don't want it to say this is how it should be because we think so. We, we want a conversation. And Absolutely. we just want an open conversation. And I think that this really helps facilitate that.
1: Absolutely. Well, we have just a little over a minute left. I want you to for sure tell people how to get a hold of you, how to follow all that you do. But also, if you could just briefly, you know, it took all of two days for somebody to come along and to face the mural in Manhattan. And, you know, this was uh, both sides being represented up there. How did that feel to you to have somebody from the anti-right side come up and just kind of like say, this is what I think, and period, that's the end of the topic, by defacing it? It was frustrating because
6: overall, you know, I stopped Instagram and I went on, I went on Jr's Facebook, uh, Instagram, and I was and Twitter and saw the comments that were around the, the pictures that he had posted regarding the mural and everything and there's always going to be comments and there's always going to be people that are not willing to have that conversation and I pray that they are able to find it in their hearts to at least open up about it and that's our job to do that we take the high road and we continue to be open and to be willing to have these these conversations and these talks, and we continue to just keep fighting for what we believe
1: in. Well, amen to that. And uh, and how do folks uh, follow all the work that you do? Um, you could check me out on Facebook, Girls Got a Gun,
6: and also GirlsGotAGun.org. I'm on the Instagram. I'm on the Twitter. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so you can find me um, all through there absolutely well i don't know i in your line of work you're probably working on thanksgiving but if you've actually got the day off i hope you get a chance to kind of put your feet up enjoy some good food good company and and have a blessed and happy thanksgiving i i'm off this year
6: uh my fiance is leaving for boot camp next month so we're celebrating the holidays home today uh home tomorrow so it's i i wish you and your family a wonderful
1: thanksgiving Thank you, ma'am. We will talk to you soon. Bye, bye. Now. Bye. All right. Stick around. We still have our second hour of Gun Freedom Radio. First guest coming up on the other side is Belinda Rowe, spokesperson for the IllinoisCarry.com. Lots to talk about.
3: When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt,